Yeah, 17 minutes it is before 9pm. It's our Culture Talk segment and uh, tonight we take a look at the inspiring work and uh, all the motivations and uh, inspirations that inspire Zana uh, Masumbuga, uh, known to many as the Ndebele superhero. Uh, she draws her inspiration from her upbringing, uh, Gwandebele, and uh, her art speaking to uh, Africa's active role in the next wave of globalization and how African artists can pioneer stories. A big part of her work uh, explores the themes of identity, time, conflict, adversity, capitalism, and uh, the interface and conversion of man and technology, all very much contemporary concerns uh, in the broader counterculture and uh, broader, I guess, uh, you know, uh, public uh, uh, culture. And uh, Zana Masumbuka joins us tonight all the way from the Cella a Contemporary Gallery, or I guess that's where she'll be showing out in Trento in Italy. And it joins us uh, 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 this evening here for our culture talk. Lochani, Zana, Gunjan. Lochani, Konenanjani. Ah, I'll keep us out of the way. I had to make sure with the to my isketu is on lock uh, tonight uh, as it we has talk to you. Yeah. Which I'm a rech, which no, no, that's great. Uh, Zana, maybe just briefly, Uba uh, Nuzana, and just uh, talk to us briefly about your, your background and uh, I guess all of the motivations that have informed. Uh, your life's work, and uh, more importantly, I guess, um, you know, where, where all of that started for you? Um, uh, I grew up in Siabuswa, okay. uh, which is a small town in Gwandebele, former Gwandebele. Yes. And basically, I think my my artistic interest um, started at that time. As many of you know, Isindebele is a very culturally rich mm. and artistically rich culture in South Africa. It has created the visual language of, of, of South Africa globally. And so I grew up around that energy and, you know, being raised by my grandmother up until, you know, the age of seven mm. um, and spending time with my grandfather as well, I learned the idea behind art. What is art? So for us growing up, art was an act of stillness. Mm. Art was an act of listening, right? It was a way of being. Artistic expression in, in the Ndebele culture is an extension of, you know, the well-being of the person. Sure. Oftentimes, with kids, when someone is sick, you know, they, they don't say, oh, so-and-so is sick. They often say, someone who's an artist, they often say, so-and-so is sick, and they no longer do their expression. So, mm. so your well-being was directly linked to your ability to express yourself. So I grew up around that, and then um, I moved to the city at the age of 14 for high school. I went to the Glen High School in Pretoria, Mainland. And during my time, because I come from this really rich, you know, a living culture. Mm. And when I got to the city, I found a lot of Ndebele kids who are ashamed to say, you know, they were Ndebele because they did not see any representation of themselves anywhere. And for me, that was such a puzzling experience because I'm like, but guys, have you been to the Nyanya? Like, have you been in the culture like that? I I didn't understand the shame Mm. that was associated with that. And I think... 
that sort of sparked um, something in me, as well as my sister, Ubatabile Masumbura. She was a TV presenter on SABC um, for a show called Test Corner. And so she was also pushing in the really cult in the early 2008, 2009. Yes, yes, and I remember that, And she was pushing yeah. that forward. Yeah, she was pushing that forward. So having seen her do that, and then coming into the into the city after her passing, mm. understanding the gravity of it, I think that sort of propelled something in me. And then when I went to university uh, while studying a BA degree in international studies, majoring in politics and history, mm. I also got to understand the importance of expressing just as a black body. Because, sure, you know, Gerenbosch sure. has its own racial dynamics that are not very favorable mm. to um, people of color as well as just black people in general. So my friends and I would often like do photo shoots, which shoot like very impromptu, low budget short films. And then I think in 2015, um, my then friend Kondelu asked to asked if I could um, help her uh, conceptually style a photo shoot, and we did it. And then the photo shoot got shortlisted for Sony World Photography Award. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay. So at the time, I was also modeling. So I'm, I'm mm. studying, I'm modeling, I'm doing these things with my friends as well. And then the following, so I'd done like a bunch of other stuff during then. And then the following year, someone else, um, another photographer, Shannon Kiva, um, approached me as well. And she said, you know, I want to, I saw what you did with Cork and you please do the same thing here. And then I was like, okay. But there I was more in control of the concept. Mm. And that also got shortlisted. And I was like, it, it happened twice. Wow. <laughs> you know, and so, you know, it happens once, it's, 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 it's luck, but if it happens a second time, there's something more there. Sure, and so, sure. yeah, and so that's how my sort of my story started. Um, after I finished my degree, um, during my final year of studying, I was shooting music videos with mm. my friends. We're doing all kinds of um, having exhibitions in like our apartment and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. So. I was sort of an extension of the, the, I think, the environment that was already cultivated sure, in my upbringing. Sure. And I think now it's just the fruition and the materialization of that. Ah, and I want us to pause here, uh, take a quick spot break, because when we come back, let's talk about, I guess, where you are now in Italy as uh, probably, you know, uh, a key signpost of the fruition of uh, your craft. And uh, we'll talk about, I guess, uh, your, your exhibition there and your, your solo work that you're doing in that part of the world. And uh, we'll take a brief break. We'll continue with Zana Masomboga when we come back. 1,402 kilometers to Johannesburg. Make a start. Whoa! That's the last box. Make a change. Dad, can we get milkshake? Um, yeah! Make a commitment. Hi, I'm Nadine. No. Hi, I'm Nadine. I'm here for the interview. <sighs> okay. Make your next move your best move. With 0% deposit on Kia Picanto, Pegas or Rio. Visit kia.co.za for more information. T's and C's apply. <laughs> Yeah, 10 minutes it is before 9pm. It's our Culture Talk segment. We're in discussion uh, with artist Zana Masumbuga, uh, who's uh, speaking to us all the way uh, from uh, Italy. And uh, yeah, she's got a solo show uh, coming up over the next week or so at the Cella Contemporary in Trento in Italy and uh, speaks to us about her work. And uh, Zana, before we went to the break, I guess you, you said, you know, in, I guess you gave us a very rich and a vivid picture of all of the early pieces of work that, in a way, were building blocks for much of your work now. 
I'm quite interested, I guess, yes. in this solo show. Uh, and as you said, you know, the fruition of much of your life's work and many of the influences. But I'm also inf- interested in like the themes your work explores. I mean, adversity, man yeah. and technology, conflict, capitalism, time, identity, um, space. Talk, talk to me about that. And I guess, you know, uh, if people have the opportunity to see this out in Italy, but hopefully, you know, in South Africa as well. Um, you know, what, what should they yeah. expect? Um, so the show that I'm currently uh, having with uh, Stella Contemporary in Trento um, is a showcase of two projects that I did. One which I shot with the incredible uh, Jeff Rakoto when I first mm. actually moved out to Johannesburg. He was one of the first sort of photographers who I spoke to about an idea. And, you know, at the time he was here already had an established career. And from the first conversation, he was like, I love it. Let's do it. And so I'll be showing some of that work. That project is called Notuguana, an ode to my grandmother. And basically that project is inspired by the different phases and the essence upon which my grandmother lived her life. Mm. You know, there was an intentionality that my grandmother carried in how she raised us and how she interacted not only with her grandchildren, but with the community as well as with the environment. You know, the first lessons on recycling, I learned them in 2001 at the time when there was, you know, a rise of plastic, like there was so much plastic, and her and her friends would complain about, her and her friends in conversations would complain about this material, because so they'd complain about this material that wouldn't decompose. Mm. Like, what is this foreign thing, and how is it affecting? And they knew even then that it was affecting the tree's ability, um, the tree's ability to breathe. And so my grandmother would ask me and, like, my cousins to become a fishatini and just pick up a mapepa. And so for us, it was kind of like a competition of, you know, you pick up your favorite sweets, you know, so you'd be like, oh, I'm going to pick up this one and pick mm. up this one. But that's the first lesson on recycling. Sure. And uh, recycling not so much as something outside of yourself, but an extension of your connection at mm. a very grassroots level to the land that you live on. Yeah. And so it, it, I think that experience made an imprint. On, on my existence mm. about things living in the body and how if something lives in your body, when, even when your mind fails you, your body is mm. able to carry you. Mm. And so that was sort of the first lessons on that. And so I wanted to sort of pay an ode. That's just one example sure. of who my sure. grandmother was, sure. but I wanted to pay an ode to that essence, that connection, mm. and the ease of it. You know, it wasn't intellectual. It wasn't big. It was just simple. This is what's happening. Sure. How, sure. What can we do if, you know... And so it is just an example of just her essence, her spirit. And so uh, the project Nutukwana explores that, you know, mm. through the different phases of her life as a young woman, and, you know, as a, as, a, as a married woman in some sort of mythical space as well as a spirit. And mm. so I wanted to honor, honor that energy. And then time um, speaks about basically the condition that a lot of African sure. communities that I had observed, particularly being, like being that observed is that um, oftentimes, what we find, because of the process of colonization on the continent, um, the, the the elderly, in, in most times, they have the wisdom, right? Mm. They know. They know the history. They have the air. They sort of carry the essence. And what you usually have with the younger generation is that we have the muscle, but we sure. don't have the wisdom. Sure. So what, what I think colonization has done is that it's sort of waged this gap even further, mm. because now... The, the elderly have defined themselves according to the wisdom, sure. but then they've also neglected the material and the change in, in culture. Because culture, when I look at Isindebele, it's changed so much 
and that's supposed to be, it's supposed mm. to be like that. Culture is mm. supposed to change because then it needs to reflect the people living at the time. But sure. the essence of the culture doesn't change. Mm. But the, the material things, the material of the yeah. culture and the changes because yeah. that's how it sustains and sure. yes, and survives. But the essence doesn't change. And so the elderly, they need us to hold on mm. to the material because when you have everything taken away from you, the little that you still do have, you want to control. Mm. And so in time, I'm speaking about a conversation um, that needs to happen between the elderly as well sure, as the young, sure. where we have the muscle and we can be of service to the elderly. But the elderly also needs to be forthcoming with information, mm. with wisdom, with the things that, you know, sustain us as sure, a people, sure. not just for the next 10 or 15 years, but for the next 100 years to mm. have that kind of sort of hindsight. And so I do that with, uh, while using a metaphor of sure, lemons, you know, sure, when, what sure. you, I'm a very experimental um, artist, so uh, also my sister is a chef, so then um, we would, she would dehydrate lemons, and I did this experiment with her, we were dehydrating lemons, and I realized that when you dehydrate a lemon, the longer you dehydrate it, the sweeter it becomes and the darker it becomes. Mm. So then I use that as a metaphor for sure. sweetness uh, and wisdom, yeah. that sweetness for wisdom. To mm. say that when you look at it, you might not think that it's sweet, but that's where the cheese yeah. is. Zana? And then when you actually dehydrate... Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so unfortunate that we have run out of time. I'm sorry. I'm and I don't sorry. want you to give away <laughs> too much. I don't want you to give away too much because you're going to be coming. When you come back from Italy, uh, you must come and uh, join us here in studio and tell us a bit more about your work. I hope you can show some of your work <laughs> here in South Africa when you're back. But it's, it's so unfortunate. Oh, We're going to have yes. to leave it there. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us.